Thank you, Jesus, for this incredible good news from you. The promise, Lord, of a reward from your Father. I pray, Lord, that we would receive the gift, the call that goes with the gift, and that all the blessings that you have in mind for us in the secret places of the heart would be fully received for your glory and our healing. Amen. So this evening, I was struck by how many words in here are about the heart. I think a lot of times when I look at the beginning of Lent, I think, okay, so what can I let go of? And I'm kind of thinking about my hands, you know, what, what do I let go of? It's a good thing to let go of some stuff that maybe has taken over your thoughts and your occupations and so on. And so that's why we do things like we set aside maybe money that we would have spent on a meal that we're fasting from and we use that to give to alms on Good Friday and it kind of loosens our obsession with both money and food. And it reroutes us in like what's real life all about. That's good. It's good to feed on the scriptures too and to maybe shut out some of the other words and noise that's coming into our ears, coming into our imaginations through the, the, the media that we take in. And it's good to let go of that and then feast instead on the word and set aside some special time to do that that you would have spent watching a show, for instance, or would have spent on social media. And every single time that comes to you, maybe pick the verse that you've memorized and meditate on it in prayer before the Lord. Those are all good things. And, and I want you to do that. I want you to do that. But I, I was struck by the focus in the gospel today. The, the, the call to fast is, is a godly thing. The call to come to grips with the fact that, that we are dust is a, is a really important reality because if we pretend that we're not dust, then we're in for a big, bad, terrible surprise at the end because we, we need to be rescued from that in a life that won't end. A life that we control ends. A life that he controls is unending. So somehow we need to let go, and that's a good thing. But I see that the, the Lord is saying something very centered here. He's taking us to a center of the inner springs of why we do any of this, why we do any of our worship activities, the reading of Scripture, the coming here tonight, why we would let go of something for a religious purpose. And it's, it's because it's time to have a deeper communion with the Lord. You know, so it, it, it started in our Old Testament reading. It said, return to me with all your heart. Our desires and our longings, they're scattered. They're distributed across a lot of different things. I really would like to get that bonus. I really would like to get that approval. I'd really like this friend at school to keep telling me that I'm okay. I'd like to win this, I don't know, whatever. And our hearts are scattered. Return to me with all your heart. Jesus keeps on saying, don't be like the hypocrites. These are people that are of a divided heart. It's a great verse in Proverbs. It's Proverbs 4. And Solomon's talking about guarding your heart. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. 
Put away crooked speech. Let your eyes look directly forward. He's saying don't be divided. Don't be distributing loyalties to different places. Look straight ahead. Have a single eye for God with the eyes of your heart, with the desires of your heart. And he will reward you. Go into this secret place. He keeps emphasizing secret. All of us, when we're really honest with ourselves, we know that we need. So when we have that, the ashes put on our head, we, we're like, yeah, I, I know that I'm needy. I know that I'm pretty fragile and I'm ultimately dust, unless by God's grace he saves me into a life breath that will never expire, right? And we're, we know that. But we also feel needy relationally. And so I want to have, a, have a, a strong standing in my tribe, a strong standing in my school group with my friends. I want to have a strong standing at work and in my career. The people who have the power to make me aspire to greater heights or not. And he's saying here, why are you doing what you're doing? Do it for your father who sees you in secret. All the things that, that are good to do in Lent at any time, anything that's good to do, for whom are you doing it? I think what happens, for instance, I, I especially remember this, it's most, most powerful when you're in high school, right? You're in high school and you're like, I'm not popular, I don't feel popular, and by the way, nobody does. And, and you, you think if, if so-and-so will just see me and they think that I'm good, then I'm good. And then I can sort of rise up and maybe be pretty good. And um, we want them to see us we want them to tell us that from their place of high status, which they don't feel either, that I'm good. And we do this, by the way, for our whole lives. And I, I still am tempted to do it. I know all of us gray, hoary-haired people are still tempted in this way. Still hoping that, um, you know, I'm a nerd, so I'm hoping that some theologian will see me and say, hey, this guy's really cool. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound interesting to you, but it sounds very seductive to me. <laughs> All right. You have your analog to that. You have your version of that. Why are we doing the things that we're doing, the fasting, the engagement with God? Go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who sees you in secret, and then your Father who sees you in secret, he will reward you. When he sees you, he gives you that reward. When he looks upon you, he gives you that reward. We're going to pray Psalm 51. There's a beautiful expression here. It says in verse 7, You look for truth deep within me and will make me understand wisdom secretly. What happens when God looks is that his eyes I mean, they're, they're, like, they're like beams of light. In fact, it's symbolized in the candles in the temple. The seven, seven candles were also sometimes thought of as the seven eyes of the Spirit. And they were, they were flames, and they were a, a, an expression of the power of God. When he sees you, look to your people. Will you turn your face to us, God? Because the people of God know that when God looks upon them, and they can receive his vision, and they can live their lives before him, that when he sees them, 
they are approved and they are rewarded. And so when he looks upon us, he will make us to understand that wisdom. He says, don't put on a gloomy face when you're fasting. I know you get tired sometimes if you're fasting. I think it's Mark says, put on a hilarious face. (laughs) Don't let them see that, boy, you're a religious person or something like that. But let them see the real reason that you have for doing anything in your life, which is to know God, which is joy. When you have the favor of God looking down upon you, then you have joy. When you experience him looking at you, like the Father's approval that you always wanted to get, and when he gives that to you, it's powerful. It is joy. And you could be weak from a fast. You could be physically exhausted, and you'd still have joy. You'd be centered. Jesus talks about these things of the heart, the the hidden places of the heart. And he's talking, I remember to the woman at the well, you guys know the story, this woman who's in a, is in relationship after relationship, it's like she's saying, I, I really want somebody to tell me who I am and that I'm okay. And he's saying, if you only knew before you, you would ask it for living water. It's living water, it's never gonna run out in relationship with him, in communion with him. He says, he says at the Feast of the Tabernacles to all the Jews, he says, this is the living water that's gonna well up to eternal life. This doesn't ever run out, this living water. It's the Holy Spirit of God. David, we're gonna pray with him in just a little while, Psalm 51. He says, renew a willing spirit within me. There's so much of what we've been just talking about, the dividedness, the hypocrisy. We, we say one thing, we do another. We, 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 we say that we're really doing this for God, but our attentions and our hope is that maybe somebody else will say, hey, you're pretty good too, and we're divided and we're hypocritical, and, and, um, and yet when, when the Holy Spirit comes, he can actually purify that. So all of the disciplines that we enter into with mixed motives, which I know we all have, the Holy Spirit is gonna bring a, a beautiful wisdom and he's gonna bring a beautiful purifying, even beginning tonight. You know, when we, when we pray over the ashes, we, we've used holy water with those ashes. I think that's such a cool symbol because the truth is our bodies and our lives, apart from God, no good in the end. But he's redeemed that with his living water with his life, with his Holy Spirit. He's breathed new life into it. So when we receive the, our death to ourselves becomes alive in his living waters, in his Holy Spirit, through his sacrifice, through his death on the cross, that mark that will be there. I guess what I'm saying to you is that when you really meet with your father in that secret place, if you can take everything about this Lent, all your hopes and all your desires. Maybe that sin that you've been struggling with for so ever, uh, for so long, and turn that over to him and completely open it up to him. Instead of going after the next relationship, instead of going, like really, this is a fast, but the real joy of it, the joyful part of the sadness, the comfort of the mourning is that he's gonna meet you right here. He's gonna meet you in that. It's gonna be like living, refreshing water for you. The joy of Lent 
is the Holy Spirit. Here it is. It's wintertime, not much growing. Springtime's on, underway in the hidden places. And it can start in our own hearts as well. When the living waters come, all sorts of life starts to spring up. If it goes into a desert, the living waters go into the desert of our own hearts, into the deep, dark places, the secret places where we fear. But the Spirit starts to permeate those. Then we can be set free and life can grow. It can be abundant life. This is a season of sadness, but friends, it's a joyful sadness. It's the only thing that we need to be sad about is we ever went away from the Lord and the joy is that we can now come to him and be strengthened in him. The only thing that we need to depart from are the things that are apart from him. That the distorted things that are so distorted that they're apart from him and his way and his love. And it's his healing spirit, it's his Holy Spirit, the willing spirit, the ability to live into the truth of who you are in the abundant life, full of life-giving living waters. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, these are things that, that are purely gift from you. You said that our Father, your Father, is now our Father, and he knows how to give us good gifts, especially your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we're asking tonight that as we receive the cross, that you would hear us saying, come Holy Spirit, and that you would send your Holy Spirit to purify our hearts, to fill them, to reward us, Lord, in the secret places, in the inner springs of our motivation. May we be given holy motives, Lord. May we be given that willing spirit that knows you, enjoys you, loves you, is filled with you, and then shares that. May we be a hilarious people in the world, Lord. Um, indeed, going away from our sins, repentant of those, sad because of them, but joyful because you've received us. Joyful because your Holy Spirit, your life-giving, growing, inspiring, empowering spirit has restored us to true sonhood, to true daughterhood, to true authority. Lord, you know our hearts. You search them. You, we can't even do that. And your spirit can go deeper than groans. You can go deeper than dark places with your light to all dead places with life. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. We thank you, good Father, for these good gifts. Amen.